Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Dennis. Beats his tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three things. 22 to Raja. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. Hey. Hi. Welcome to Cannell and Bell. <laughs> it was close to being just Cannell today. Correct. I but my man made it. Can I rant? Yeah, no one has to know that. Can I start the show with the rant? Yeah, let's Like, there it. are a lot of things I hate, and today made me, like, realize on the Graphic, way in. Being some, one of them? Yeah. Some of them have to do with me. Some of them have to do with other people. You know what? I, I hate people who leave cars on empty. Yeah? I hate that. Yep, that's but annoying. I, that's not me. Right. But I also hate the person that gets in the car and doesn't look at the the gas tank. That would be me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so then I hate South Florida drivers. It's it's ridiculous. Yep, especially this time of year. They're all snowbirds. They're all down here. Right. They don't know where they're going. Right. They drive slow. Now we got an accident on 95, so I got to get off. Which brings me to another hate. All right. I hate that we don't have a grid system here. Right? Because I can figure if I get off here at, yeah. at Oakland Park and I go You're talking about like a numerical at, street system where you a, know the number. a grid. I go five blocks that way, then I head south, it's gonna run me into the destination on Cypress Creek that I need to be at. Right. Not a thing here in South Florida, so I wind up somewhere else. Brings me to another thing. Now I'm out of gas because I haven't checked the gas and my wife left it on empty. There needs oh. to be an even ratio between gas stations on the right side of the street and the left side of the damn street. I can't afford at this point because of the traffic right. to get all the way over and cross the side of the street. It's absurd, man. I got to go electric. That's good point. <laughs> there you good go. Point. Worry about gas. Get rid of all of that. Although they do get left with an empty battery sometimes. It doesn't help me with traffic. Traffic can't help you on that. Yeah, Although ways, you got to get on ways. Yeah, but it was Waze too late. I was in a panic. I was in a panic, dude. I was sweating. Like it was, yeah, it was a mess. No, you could do. Uh, Leave a lot earlier. Or take a chopper. <laughs> or take a Kobe chopper. I need Kobe to send me to mom with <laughs> chopper. I need go. help. Alright, so you made it. That's yeah, and we're here. We're here. Avoided the fine. Yeah, we're gonna steep fine if you would have been late and had me here riding solo throughout right. the show. But nevertheless, you are here. It is Happy National Signing Day. Yeah. Early signing period, just a couple years into this thing. I like it. How many did FIU get? I don't know. We'll have to do, we'll okay. dive into that. We'll, My butch. Get, we'll break them down as far as their class goes. I know Miami's going the wrong direction. Uh, Your Miami Hurricanes are going the wrong direction. Florida State's having a good uh, start to the day. So we'll get you updated on all that. Um, we're going to do a little bit of NBA discussion yeah. as well. A lot of stuff. My top 10. We'll break that down. But you talk about things that annoy you. I'm curious to know your thoughts on this. Because Pro Bowl rosters were announced yesterday. Yeah. They were released. And usually what happens is people get outraged. They're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe so-and-so didn't make it. I can't believe this guy didn't make it. I can't believe this person didn't make it. I don't know. I don't get that bothered by it. Really? Yeah. Do you? I mean, I'm not really bothered. I'm annoyed by it, though. Like, right. Because well, the this, is, this is fans. Who's, who votes for it in, uh, fans, in the NFL? players, and who's the third uh, component? Media, coaches. Yeah, coaches. Coaches. Coaches, do we have a percentage breakdown? Like, is this purely a popularity it's contest? Split. Is it like it's 70? Split. It's all split. Split, 33%. Which is stupid because I don't think the fans should have, but I also don't think the players should have that much of an input because I've been in those where the ballots are passed around and guys yeah. are in there campaigning for their buddies from college or yep. other guys. They know they have bonuses. They're like, hey, you got to hook this guy up. The problem is I don't like it because, especially when the fan vote gets involved, and to some extent, uh, some extent the players and the coaches, it becomes a – popularity who has the biggest brand who's had the best career and it's like oh tom brady eh, he's the goat so we're gonna put him in even though this year specifically his numbers don't stack up where Correct. they should be same thing with aaron Rodgers. andrew luck i have no problem with matt ryan andrew luck yeah that's a snub alvin kamara and christian mccaffrey snubs um here's my question for you yeah i do agree they're slighted but i wouldn't say snubs because Snubs, if you put in bro. Christian McCaffrey, or who are you taking out? Who's in? That's the question. Because who's in right now yeah. is a pretty good group of uh, running backs. Todd Gurley, 
MVP right. candidate. You've got Saquon Barkley, rookie yeah, of the year candidate. True, true, true. You've got Ezekiel Elliott. Leader. Okay, maybe not a snub. All right, no, I'm cool you know, with like that. That's, yeah. Get rid of conferences. Get rid. It's, it's a it's a Pro Bowl. Get rid of conferences. Yeah. I would not have a problem with that. I, also I would think you could get rid of and or like, do you really need a fullback there? Or if there are years where, you know, do you have? I, I actually wouldn't have a problem if they did away with uh, with the conferences in this one because there is something about rewarding them. But it always comes back to, all right, you know, what do you? The NBA is done, right? The NBA, like you have a draft. Um, yeah, I don't care. What do I? What am I talking about? I do not care. I came in here late today. Like I, it's football. I don't give a damn. Like, like right. I, so I care that LeBron you, got blocked last night. That's what I care about. Right. Like I care about you, that I'll and the kid hitting one. his head on the rim. I'll give you one. Yeah, that was a big snub, and I think it is one that's worth worth discussion. But it's a total no name guy. Chris Jones, Becker, Darius Leonard, for the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, yeah. So you're like, all right, who's this dude? Which is most people are asking that. Correct. Leads the NFL in tackles with 146. That's 22 more than the next man on the list. That's Carolina's Luke Keekley, who is a perennial pro, pro bowler. Yeah. So like that's one where it's strictly where he plays. It's the market where he plays. Indianapolis flies under the radar. They don't get a lot of national attention. They're not one of the teams that are at 12 and two or three or you know at the end of the season. They're not going to have a record that's up there. All you know. Who's in ahead of him? Uh, let me look. Uh, ahead of him, AFC linebackers are ah crap. Let me let me look up this is, this is good uh, good uh, television right here. So uh, AFC linebackers, you have Geno Atkins for the Bengals. Jarrell, um, I'm looking at wrong. You're reading lineman. You're reading lineman. CJ Mosley. Yes, yeah. CJ Mosley and Benardrick McKinney. McKinney. Yeah, they're both pretty good players. Okay, yeah, that's you no. Know, but right. when you're leading the league in tackles and you have that significant of a lead, it's something that you have to take into consideration. I don't love the legacy votes, but I totally understand it. Right. So, I mean, it's just uh, for me as a former player, like I don't get that bothered by it. But you know who would be really bothered by it? Guys who have incentives in their contracts where they have bonuses, significant money, sometimes a half a million dollars. Right. If you make it, like if you're Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey, the two running backs that are having awesome years, but they're not as good as Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott and Todd Gurley. Yeah. You're kind of frustrated. And that's why Alvin Kamara, yes, he put the eyeballs like, you know, he was kind of bummed when he got it. That's just the way it goes, dude. I want to, I want to ask you another question though, because like the Pro Bowl, while I don't really care about it, a hot topic the last few days was like the MVP race. Yeah. At this point, right? Holmes, it's done. It's a wrap Anybody, for you, I, totally. but I've heard a lot of people lobbying for like Rivers. Andrew Luck was hot yesterday and Philip Rivers was They've hot. They've all yesterday. been hot. They've all had good years. It's no, been hot in terms of getting argued, like the oh, argument for them to. Here's what happens. I'm going to give you, and if anybody's listening to the podcast or watching us on here, I'm going to give you a little glimpse behind what happens in this business. Right. There are producers out there. I've even had some of them that I've worked with here. Okay. Say, hey, can do you want to make the case for for Philip Rivers? Do you want to make the case for Drew Brees? Okay. I'm I'm not going there because it's not going to happen. Right, like, right, right. You do it a lot of but times. But this is, is this is like, fed. This there is are fueled. certain debate shows where yes. it's hey, let's argue it out. There is no argument against Patrick Mahomes. He is going to win the award, and it doesn't matter if he throws three picks in his last each each of his last two games. Right. He's done that much this season. I got you. He's going to win the award. I got you. Um, so don't even do it. We won't even do that second. All right. Welcome back. Canelo Bell. National Signing Day is happening right now. Yeah. It's kind of annoying. Why? Because the announcements. I can't stand the big production. I put out the hats. You didn't do, you didn't do anything? Little school. And then I'm going to put on this one, but yeah. then I'm going to flip an hour later. <laughs> like I can't stand all the production videos. Right. Like you've got major companies going to New York City, having the kid in Times Square. Point like it's obscene how much. Then you wonder why these kids are spoiled. They exactly, get to the pros they're and they little, don't act. spoiled yeah. brats when they get there, and they right. think there's there's also a trend now where the schools themselves are doing little homemade videos and they're putting highlight reels together. Yeah, well, it doesn't bother me much. Although, uh, Oklahoma's did catch my eye, and it's kind of corny. Like they have. 
they have like these DJs and radio stations okay. or like at record stores looking through music and then they get up and they pull a record and they put it on a turntable and then they don't do anything, but then it starts the record. They don't even and have record stores anymore. Do those kids exactly. even know what records are? They're, I think what it is is a radio station. They, they do not know what a record store is Goodness anymore. But it's gracious. like from the school's perspective, they're trying to give their guys some shine. Right, right. Trying to give yeah, them some love on that one. Um, but no surprise, the rich get richer when you look at the, uh, the 2019 rankings, recruiting rankings. Your guess at number one? I'm going to go with Ohio. No, not Ohio State. Michigan. Bama, come Bama. on, Bama, that's too easy. They got eighty yeah, yeah, percent sure. of the roster. I'm all off, guys. Number two, Michigan, Georgia. Nope, no, you got the wrong conference. All right. <laughs> the top four, all Michigan. SEC teams. What? No, oh, no, no. <laughs> Alabama one, Georgia two, yeah. Texas A and M. A and M. Monster day. How's Jimbo? Uh, What's Jimbo five. doing over there? Jimbo's doing something right. That oil money, huh? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you got all those facilities that they're uh, showcasing out there, and right. LSU at number four. So four SEC teams in the top four. Clemson at number five. Oregon has actually been having a really good year, which is interesting because Mario Cristobal out yeah. there, Willie Taggart was supposed to be the guy who was the recruiting, you know, uh, guru whiz who brought everybody in there. Uh, Mario Cristobal has done a fantastic job. They're at six, but I think it's a shocker. Your Michigan Wolverines seven. at seven. Yes. Texas eight, Oklahoma nine, and Florida State. Boom. There you go. Big year for Willie Taggart coming in there. These are updated at 10 a.m., so not that long ago. Uh, but there have been some interesting trends. I don't think there's any shock as far as the top, you know, uh, in there. I think Oregon being as high as they are is probably like their surprise. Their facilities, like West Coast kids. I mean, their facilities, oh. their their Nike just, relationship, like that. Get them on yeah, campus. Yeah, like just show them hard. the uh, show them the, the all the Nike stuff, the um, the locker rooms with the high tech stuff. Yeah, yeah man. like the, the all, that's a sweet setup in Oregon. It's incredible. Um, noticeably absent from this list. Ohio State. Ohio State's one that's usually in there. Ryan Day is taking over. I think there shouldn't be too much of a surprise, though, because Urban Meyer's leaving. Obviously, right. it's going to have some impact. What happened with the quarterback, Coca? So there's a big quarterback that was supposed to go to Ohio State. He is now going to... Yeah, he just... Dwayne Mathis, is, or Dwan Mathis, he was a four-star commit. He just decommitted and went to Georgia. But it's weird because Georgia just lost Justin Fields. So could we see a quarterback trade? Yeah, because that was one of Justin Fields' top three destinations. Correct. Ohio State. So I, I think this, maybe, I would say it has more to do with this Ohio State kid looking at Georgia and being like, hey, Fields is out of there. I could, I'll go yep. take a spot and yep. take from. Maybe he goes pro after one more year. Right. Then I've got a spot there to land as opposed to Fields looking at Ohio State because Tate Martell, five star, is there. I think he's only a redshirt freshman or true freshman. Right. He's still got time if Dwayne Haskins leaves. So you'd be in pretty much the same situation you were in at Georgia. Like, you'd still have to beat out Tate Martell. Yeah, I think he, Justin Fields. he probably knows Tate Martell. Like, those guys cross paths a lot, right? Oh, So you, sure. you probably know, if you were Justin Fields, whether you felt really good about beating Tate Martell or not in yeah. quarterback competition. All you want to do on these are some of these. Like, you just want to be respectable, right? Like, to Ohio, or Florida State at 10. Like, yeah, oh, that's, that's good. great. It's a good spot to be yeah. in, right? Miami, your Miami Hurricanes, is a little bit more concerning. So they are 34th in the national rankings. They're fifth in the ACC. That's just sad. Now, I would say third would be acceptable. If you're behind Clemson and Florida, Florida State, State, then it's okay. Like as long as you're, as long as you're in the mix there. Right. Zero five stars, six four stars, but they've more, uh, concerning is Miami's had 15 decommits who were at one point or another pledged to play for the Canes, but have since for any number of reasons backed away. 
Look, those players would have made a class with 203 rating points. They'd be the number 32 class, a couple notches ahead of where they are now. That that the more concerning, and you touched on it, is the fact that these kids are dropping like flies, like guys who at one point wanted to come to your program, and it seemed like you had kind of recaptured that Miami magic last year, and then the wheels fell off this year. Um, you know, part of that, the defensive side of the ball, you lose Manny Diaz to Temple, and so some of those guys that were coming there to play on the best defense in the country for a while, they, they might not want to, you know, come back, but. Um, I think if you're, if you're the University of Miami, you, you have to take stock, you have to put a little stock in this, right? Like you have to take note of what's happening because, you know, when kids aren't wanting to come to your school and the product on the field isn't good, now, now you got bad situation cooking, you know, and I'm not calling or asking for any heads or anything. I'm just saying you gotta start to filter through the situation there and figure out what the problem is. Cause there's clearly a problem. Offense was atrocious. Yep. The offense was bad. Defense is what you had going for you. You lost your defensive coordinator. And now kids don't want to come play for you. It's an issue. Yeah, I think it's a big issue. I, I am a little bit worried about Mark Richt. As good as a start to this, I think people forget they lost three games last year to finish the season. That was like the beginning of the end. Losing the pit on the road was like, what just happened? I traveled to that with my boys. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Right? But to that point, people forget what really happened last year was that Miami, they got away with a lucky win against Florida State. Yep. Like that would that was the big catch by Langham or whoever it was. Like they should have lost yep. two other games through the course of that season. Could have been a five-loss season. Yeah. And we were all gassed. Like it was, we were back to the heyday. Right. So that was a little bit of a concern. Now I, I think it's, and then you get the root recruiting against you, but Mark Rick's offense, when you hear his unwillingness to evolve and he's still going to do what he's been Red doing. Red flag. That is concerning. Red Kelly flag. Bryant, when he goes from Clemson, he's shopping around and he doesn't even take a visit because Red flag. says, I'm not adapting my offense to your, I think that's a concern. So I think it is something, but I think the bigger concern is that NC State and Virginia Tech have better recruiting classes. Yeah, it's huge. And this, man. this sport is about talent acquisition. It, you know, that's why you're seeing the teams that win the national championships, Bama, Clemson, like those are the teams that are at the forefront every single year. Because they have more talent than the other side of the ball. Georgia, watch out for Texas A&M. Yeah. LSU's always in the mix. It's the teams with the most four and five stars. You can talk about coaching all you want. The bottom line is it's about the most talent on the field. It is. And, you know, it's, like I've always had this. You don't get to have your cake and eat it too all the time, right? Like you you have to stand for, like, if you're going to be winning, then sometimes you got to get your hands dirty to be winning. Do you know what I mean? And if you're going to be about, like, repairing an image, which Miami has had to do multiple times, then sometimes it handcuffs you in terms of winning. And my question to Miami is like, what are you about? Like, you gotta be about something. Florida State, they, they, I'm convinced they want to win football games, right? Like, that's what they stand for. That's who they are. Yep. Like, I'm not so sure that Miami's priorities lie in that anymore. There was a time. But so, what are you suggesting? I'm not suggesting <laughs> cheating or anything. I'm, su- right. I'm, I'm, suge- I'm suggesting like, Making the investment in winning and doing what you need to do in terms of talent acquisition, in terms of coaching, in terms of facilities, in terms of like we are building uh, our athletic program to be a prominent fixture on the national scene. Miami's got a lot of things going for them as a private institution. I mean, medical campuses, you know, law programs like and, and that's fine if those are your priorities. But then you fall into the class of like. You know, the Stanford's of the world, forgive me, for like, or the Virginia's very good academic institutions with decent football, but you're never really perennially in the, in the championship race. And Miami was, and it's hard for fans like myself to see them like not be in it anymore and not seem to really put any real genuine stock in it. We had a buddy of mine over, uh, that I've known for a long time. He's a diehard Miami fan, typical Miami fan, didn't even go there. Right. Like hopped on, <laughs> he lived down here, he's hopped on there and he's been texting me forever, like the last year 
since the end of last year, he's like, hey, what's going on? What's going on with yeah. Rick? Should I be worried? And, you know, he was talking a little bit about this recruiting class. I think where – and he was like, well, what do you think about Florida State? Because a lot of people are concerned about Willie Taggart. You know why I'm not worried about him? Because he's a fantastic recruiter. Right. Because even with the season they had last year, they're still at 10. They still don't have an offensive coordinator. Right. They have not hired a new offensive coordinator 10. yet. And they're still sitting there at 10. Yeah. That's why I'm not worried. I think what I what concerns me a little bit more is I don't know if Mark Rick relates – as well as he did 10 years ago to right. players coming out. And he needs to make sure his staff has guys that can go out and recruit. And I think that's what you're seeing hurt them somewhat, is that they don't have that type of staff. If you are not... Or at least you got to have a couple that also, dudes that go out and can flat-out recruit. But that all, after Absolutely. And any look, dude, at the youth level, I have a guy in my youth program. I'm talking about sixth graders, Danny. <laughs> I have a dude, my man a Ivan. Recruiter? Yeah, he goes and gets them. Like, we'll yeah. be at a tournament, and I'll look around, and he'll be like, yo, you see the kid over there? I'll be like, dude, <laughs> do what you do, bro. Like, no, but that you have to. If But we subscribe to winning. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to win, you right. know? And so, yes, but I think that all speaks to your Mark, maybe Mark Rick. Like not trying to evolve with the times a little bit. Like you again, you have to keep up with the Joneses in these competitive environments, sports or business. If you ain't gonna keep up, then you don't get to say that we're about winning. And you know what I thought was a huge distraction last year was the turnover chain. Two years ago, yeah. I thought that was like a great recruiting tool. Like they were having and then let it go. And then it's been kind of bad because they were bad. Like the yeah, turnover chain doesn't work. That's a one-year thing, dude. Right. Have turnover chain. Right. Made a splash. Now get rid of turnover chain. Can you consider yourself a football school if you don't have a stadium on campus? That's a tough call. That, that is a tough call because I think a lot it's of, one of their biggest challenges. Of course, but the city of Coral Gables, it, there's so many restrictions in place. That's prime real estate. Like those people have fought like tooth and nail to not allow a stadium there for and for any number of reasons. Quality of life in Coral Gables would be destroyed uh, if on Saturdays you had. I don't know, yeah. 60, 70,000 people coming down to a, to a stadium. It's impossible for them to do, but yeah, it is a tough thing. I think it's really tough to recruit and you only have probably two weekends that you can really sell your recruits on, you know, because yeah. you're going to have to bring them down for a Florida State game or another prime time, which they're only going to have one or two against a good ACC opponent, like a Virginia Tech. Right. Like you don't want to bring them down when they're playing. Yeah, two. absolutely. It's, like that's just the, the empty, the stadium's going to be half empty. Then you have to traipse the recruits 30 miles away. I think it's a massive problem. Let me ask you this. I covered a bowl game, the Miami Beach Bowl, yeah. at Marlins Park. Yeah. It's really close to the campus. It's too, it, it's cavernous, man. It's too big. That place is big. But it's, I think it only seats like 50 max. I don't think it seats that many people. It's weird now because the field feels huge. Right. Like, you know, it's, it's placed on the field kind of awkward. But I think that might be a better solution than having to go all the way up to Broward County. I'm with you logistically speaking. I'd have to see how it sets up for football because it just feels like when you're in there, it just feels like it's a cavernous building, right? right. But you what know, else they can do they can shut the roof if they get those torrential downpours, which that would be dope. You know what I was thinking though is like if you're you're getting this MLS team, and I don't know what the seating capacity is going to be in the MLS stadium. Those are usually relatively small, but Even it's if gonna, it's. Forty. I think that's all you need. It's going to be much closer to the University of Miami think, than going up to. And not, no shade against Miami. Historically, even when the old Orange Bowl was, it was there, small, it was smaller. But yeah. they didn't even sell out every game. Like right. you need forty, forty-five thousand seat stadium. I'd rather have that than a seventy-five thousand seat stadium that's, that's an hour away that is tarped over, so you can't see where the fans. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So definitely a problem for them. Uh, your FIU team. 109th, baby. That, Moving on up. Yeah, listen, all jokes Go. aside, that's not bad for FIU. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I right. We're 109 of 129. <laughs> 129, that's all that matters. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. 
No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. Before we get to our rookie of the year, uh, who should win it? Did you have a signing day? Like, what was your signing day like? Um, no. Like, my signing, <laughs> signing day was like calling Boston University and be like, yeah, guys, I'll come play for you. <laughs> <laughs> that was it? That was it, bro. Did you sign a letter, like, in high school? Like, a little... No, what? That's day? why I cannot even imagine. No. <laughs> I, I think they faxed me something to my dad's office after school. I went over. I signed it. My dad faxed it back. <laughs> nice. I went to Boston University. There you go. Boom. I told my cap advisor, and she was like, yay. Yeah, there you go. That was it. No no live ESPN oh. announcement. Uh, they didn't do uh, that back then uh, either, uh, so that was probably better. I was like life a zero star, too, so like I don't know that anybody would have really cared. <laughs> right. All right. So, Rookie of the Year, uh, that's the next uh, award that will be announced. Baker Mayfield or Saquon Barkley, who's it going to be? Uh, Saquon Barkley. I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah. I think it's kind of similar to the Patrick Mahomes for MVP. I think the only thing you're doing is just trying to make the case for Baker Mayfield. Sure. Baker's had an awesome year. He's been fantastic. I love the fact that they went out there and they took him at number one. I love the fact that he's been getting to play. I look at this team and I think there's a couple things I think about them from the first couple games. One, if he had started from week one, maybe they make the playoffs. Yeah. Maybe Hugh Jackson keeps his job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Absolutely. crazy to say that. Um, and then the other thing, like just his development throughout, like he's been getting better and better. And his numbers without Hugh Jackson are insane. Completing 70% of his passes, 13 touchdowns, five interceptions. If you didn't have those first five games with Hugh and his numbers were like that through a whole season. Now we have a conversation. Then we have a conversation. But you can't just erase those five games. Whereas Saquon Barkley is doing things where Baker Mayfield's numbers are good for a rookie quarterback. Saquon's numbers are good for, for a running anybody, back. Correct. Anybody he's top else. five in just every about every category. Yep. Uh, and he's pops. Like when you watch him on the field, you say like this guy's different. Team and not not to say teams aren't game planning for Baker Mayfield. Right. But teams are having to say, all right, we have to shut down Saquon Barkley if we want to shut down the New York Giants right. their attack right there. So he's going to join. A pretty illustrious list. You had Alvin Kamara, who was taken in the third round from the Saints. You had Dak Prescott, Todd Gurley, Odell Beckham. Like it's been a really impressive list of rookie, uh, uh, rookie of the years, and he's going to join them there too. And I think it does for me. It does justify the Giants taking him at number two overall and passing on a quarterback. Yeah, for sure. Look, if if you weren't in love with any of those guys, I I can't I can't forgive the not. Like having a backup plan in place for for Eli, I won't get over that. But let's say one of those guys wasn't your backup plan. Like you, had, right. fine. Everybody else loves him. We don't. Yep. And you said I, Saquon is going to be a, a, a generational back. I'm okay with you it's, doing I that. I think it does take some of the criticism off of Dave Gettleman, the fact that he is going to be rookie of the year. Sure. And he does look like he's going to be a perennial Pro Bowl, or like that. I think takes a lot of the pressure off his shoulders. You wind up doing that. You can snag yourself like a Dwayne Haskins or the kid from Oregon uh, this year, and you got your backup in place, and they wind up being decent. You look like a genius. Looks a lot better yeah. uh, in that spot. All right, we're going to get it over to Hannah because we got to do socially relevant. Let's get to Hannah. So, guys, yesterday the unthinkable happened. NBA officials actually acknowledged that James Harden did, in fact, travel, and they admitted that they missed the call. So this all stems from the Rockets' win over the Jazz on Monday when, with less than a minute remaining, Harden pulled off a version of his signature step-back move. The whistle was never called on him, and it ignited the conversation of how that game could have ended differently if they blew the whistle. So the NBA referee's Twitter account released a statement yesterday breaking down the entire step-back move and ended this tweet 
state by saying, quote, we missed that one. It is a traveling violation. So, guys, now that the NBA admitted that it is, in fact, a travel, do you think it'll be better now that they just blow the whistle during the game instead of blowing the whistle on themselves afterwards? Um, I could care less that the NBA referees came out and said, <laughs> right, they screwed it I up. don't care. We all knew you screwed it up. You yes, didn't need to right. verify that. Every idiot in the world who knows basketball rules knew you blew that. Uh, the bigger concern for me is you got three refs on the court. One of them is assigned to be watching the guy with the ball. That's his job. How do you not see that when it's the only thing happening? There are only two people involved in that play. It's not like there was a screen and roll. It's not like they were running a stagger where you got a guy coming up two screens. There was one defender and James Harden in an ISO situation. Mm -hmm. You can't miss that. Do you think – I think it does. I think that's a James Harden effect. I think that's a point in the game effect because there was only six seconds left. They were up by three. Like you don't want to become the story as the ref. But that was so blatantly obvious. You're like, well, how can you miss that call? Because if it was close, borderline, and you're the ref, saying, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to have that in that situation. But it was so blatantly obvious, which I think is why they have this tweet sent out. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, if it's a a, a, a little slide of your pivot, yeah, and it's not like you didn't right. really gain, if you didn't gain an advantage, it would be. Yeah, let me use the gain advantage. If you don't gain an advantage with what happened, like the infraction, who cares? Let it go. Yeah, but he clearly that extra step is what allowed him to get the shot off. Otherwise, that shot is challenged, and he probably, you know, yeah. who knows what happens. Right. Staying with NBA's refs on Twitter, so it looks like the days of players tweeting at that same official ref account are over. Earlier this week, the NBA referees account tweeted out a video from the Lakers' loss to the Rockets when Kyle Kuzma was whistled for a foul while defending James Harden. Kuzma then responded to that tweet, saying, "Quote: Can we get fined if we tweet back at this account?" Which seemed like a pretty innocent tweet, right? But yesterday, it was reported that Kuzma was warned by the NBA about tweeting negatively towards that account, although he has not actually yet been fined. So, Danny and Raja, the NBA is known to be a pretty player-friendly area most yeah. of the time. Does this seem more like an NFL move for yes. him to get worn like this? That's exactly what I was thinking. This sounds like what happened to Adam Silver being forward-thinking, progressive, embracing social media. Like, Kyle Kuzma was having fun with it. For him to get a warning or whatever he got is ridiculous in this situation. So, I want to make sure I got this straight. Yeah. All Kyle Kuzma did was ask yeah. if he could be fined for tweeting at that account. Yep. Shame on you, NBA. Seriously. Shame on you. And it might not be Adam Silver. Right. It could be. Probably not. Whoever's running their, like, you know, disciplinary thing. Or, or, just conspiracy theorists. It could be the really sensitive NBA referees saying, Kyle Kuzma tweeted at us. Guys have I, don't to. Want him. I need you to have our back on this. And then somebody had to do that. So whoever did it. Shame on y'all. That's they stupid. They should be encouraging players to tweet at this account, but yeah. that could become an absolute nightmare. Absolute like, that would be great though, but because you would have players calling through, combing through their game saying, oh, they missed this one at two minutes into the game. Right, right, right. right. This one at three minutes in the third, second quarter. Yeah, you don't like, want that. They would you don't want to open up Pandora's box for that. Right? Do you but like, they, do you like that they have these Twitter accounts? The refs? Yeah. Do you remember when they first announced, when they first came out, they were trending and people were just putting them on blast? I want less refs. As a rule, I want less refs in my life. I do. I want less refs in my life. There's no, look, you're not, you're there to like not be seen. Right. You're there to make sure the flow of whatever game you're refing goes off smoothly and people stick to the rules. Like you're not there to be the show. So do I want to see you tweeting about stupid stuff? No. No, like I don't think we're going to have them have little cute viral videos that go out there, but I do think it serves a purpose when they can't explain certain calls, when they can say a call was wrong and they can go out and admit that. But for them, like I, I hope the intention wasn't for them to make the refs popular or more likable. Right. That's not what it should be about. It should be about accountability and explanation. Like that's why I think it, it is. It doesn't valuable. even who cares though. Nobody like yeah, we know you blew it. 
<laughs> like, what are you talking no, about? You're going to come out and explain can... that, yeah, he took seven steps. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so lastly, guys, we have a little Canel and Bell group chat thing going on all the time. And last night we were all talking about Excuse me, we were all talking about one thing, Zion Williamson. The Duke freshman sensation got up so high at one point in last night's game that not even the backboard was safe from his own athletic abilities. He almost knocked himself out when he hit his head against the glass there. Duke went on to win it against Princeton 101-50. to Guys, this morning when I was about to drive to work, I hit my head while ducking to get into my car. So we're pretty (laughs) much the same, right? (laughs) You know... This is nuts. You know what he actually really hit on the backboard, right? Glass? Yeah, no, but what part of his body hit the backboard? Oh, like his shoulder. It was his armpit. <laughs> like his armpit. Look at that. Like his armpit hits that blue, uh, and then he falls back, which is even higher than if, like, the tip of your head just touched it. Do you know how high you got to jump to get your damn armpit to touch the do backboard? You think, do you think he could... Have you ever heard folklore about uh, guys that could grab a quarter off the top of the backboard? Can we replay that again? Yeah, you think he could? I think I think he probably, I think he probably could, could too. Yeah. And that there have that's been always like the yeah, barometer. like Earl Manigault. They said used to yes. be able to do it. The goat. Um, yeah, he might be able to, dude. That's freaky athletic. That's cr- you know like, what you know what I remember like about the backboard was we weren't allowed to dunk in warm ups in high school. Right. Are they allowed to dunk now? So there's this, oh, there's a still see. shot out of it. But his arm is it extended full? No, it is not because he's he's blocked the shot down by the padding, so he's not fully extended, and he's right. at the top of the square now. Right. Um, I think, he, I think he might be close. He might be close, and he's probably I think it, because he's such a good jumper, he probably is at a point where he has to be kind of careful and maybe isn't even going all the way up. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Like max like, incentive hey, to get, get to something, right? Yeah. So you know what I remember about the backboard. So are the high schoolers allowed to dunk now in warmups? Uh, yes, you can't hang on the backboard though. Right. I so see you can, him, yeah. Right. So you can dunk because we weren't allowed to. So can't hang on the rim though. Something sorry. to uh, to intimidate the other team. You know what I remember? Bam! Smacking glass. Smacking it back. <laughs> shake the whole thing. And, but they also had the backboards that hung down a little lower. Like yeah. those are the new ones which cut off right at the rim. You know, now, and I think they're still in high school. They have the ones yeah, a little they bit hang lower. Like five or six inches low. <laughs> yes. You can tap glass even though you can't yeah. get anywhere near the rim. Exactly. Right. Coach K, Coach K, how was your first, how was your first practice? Did you run in and touch backboard to, to impress? <laughs> <laughs> no, but we worked on layup lines. Yeah. We did that. And then I think it's going to be a little bit dicey. The other thing we did was the first time down when everybody comes and you have the first one running around with the ball under their arm like, yeah. around the court. Yeah. And then you go do the tip drill. Oh, you guys did tip drill? No, no, we're going to practice that. That's not. I would not recommend that. I would not <laughs> fifth, recommend fifth and sixth and seventh 11, grade girls. Year, old, yeah, we're gonna do it. We're gonna look. Oh. We're gonna look good when we come out for warmups. We might not be that very good, but of a you're team, gonna look good. Or we're gonna look have good. the tip drill down, down, or there's gonna be balls like sprayed all over the gym. Because <laughs> if it goes wrong with one person, it's a domino effect. Yes, I was the last person in the tip drill, and then you could go up and you couldn't grab the rim, but you could get up there right Drop on. Drop it. Yeah, get you. Yep. Best of luck with that one, Danny. <laughs> I wish you the best. That's all for Socially Relevant. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Canel and Bell. Oh, all right. Welcome back. You asked about Coach K, my debut at uh, at my daughter's uh, basketball team, which we did pick up on my other daughter. Yeah. Now we got two girls. Oh, dude. Huge addition. Huge yeah, addition. but at least it's one time and same spot. Yeah. So what happened with you the other day at your practice? Uh, yeah, I was pretty rough on my oldest son. Yeah. I, Are you uh, harder on him than the other kids on the team? I'm much harder on him. Than yeah. Him. Number I, one, I, I expect more out of him. Yep. But I feel like if I'm hard on him... And every parent in the gym sees me giving him the business. Yeah. That when I speak to their child, they're going to be fine. Cause right. I hear what I say to him on a nightly basis. <laughs> oh, right. Like, he was just generally like, he's a new school kid, right? Where like, he's not always locked in on you when you're talking to him. Yep. He is different though, because he is actually listening, but he's just got a little like, you know, he's moving around a lot. Yeah. And I don't like that. I like people to be sitting there 
looking at me, bro. When you talk, when I, when the coach talks, you, you look at him and you listen. So he wasn't doing that and he had screwed some play up. And I said, stop acting like a something. And then, um, and I, and then I looked at his shorts and his shorts, they, all these young kids now roll. I didn't curse at him. Shorts, I didn't curse right? at him. They're Let's be short shorts. But, and then they roll them all the way up. Right. So he's got them rolled over like eight times. And I was just angry. I was like, roll your damn shorts down. And the whole gym looked at me like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I, I love frustrated. it. I do the same thing with my daughters. Yeah. I do the same thing. And it's interesting you said that about the kids now because there's something about them. Not only do they hardly pay attention, but when they do, they have zero fear of interrupting and just talking while you're talking. Yeah. Which I went like, that's just a told me there's no respect for authority. Like, let's just listen or I raise my hand. It's just, they'll interrupt you. Like, no, they, no think problem. they know what's right or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. It's you're like, you're a child. Yeah. You're a child. <laughs> That's not what's Come going on. on. Um, all right. So in the NFL, Eric Reed playing for the Panthers was one of the guys who was protesting, kneeling mm-hmm. for the flag. And a lot of people, he was suing the league. He's part of the collusion case. Right. Panthers need a safety. They sign him. Since he's been back, he has been drug tested seven times in 11 weeks. <laughs> he is out and he's done it a couple times throughout yeah. this process. He said, this is messed up. I'm getting, you know, this is ridiculous. And so then he had a tweet said, number seven, quote, random. On there mm. with it. He showed the little sign that you get at your locker. It is the worst when you get this sign because it happens when you show up to practice. If, if meetings start at nine and you get there at eight forty-five, you have fifteen minutes to go, or else you're going to be late to meetings. And it's just it's a whole mess. It screws the whole day up. It screws the whole day up if you don't go on command. Um, look, dude, do you really think this is random? Like this is not this is not random. Like, come on. So I've seen guy. I've been on teams before where guys would get it six or seven weeks in a row. That's, Odell Beckham Jr. He tweeted out, "Man, I've been." That's not random. Times. You've got you've got Instagram videos of you like with the substance with the substance. But on, like this isn't for weed. This is for performance enhancing. So it's just for performance enhancing drugs. But you're saying, but there, what he's speculating is he's being harassed. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what happens. Look, there are there are two. Look, you get sideways with the league. They go out of your way usually to make your life a living heck, right? Like, and if you were one of those dudes, like in the NBA, for instance, it was supposed to be random, right? But if you had uh, a past with with substances, like you probably get a couple more drug tests. Like you're in the you're in the you're in the well. If you get system. busted, if yeah. you actually get a positive test or you get a DUI, you're subject to more tests. You're automatic. If yes. You're on the program, your life is miserable. Like you can't. They test you for alcohol, right? Again, like they're everything. Alcohol. Yeah, it's bad. If you're in the program, like, that's why I always feel like some guys really egregiously have problems. They get put in the program and like, oh, that guy needs it or deserves yeah. it. Other guys, if they make one little slip up or they have something that happens, um, some, you know, just something that's not as major as some things and they get in the program, I'm like, uh oh, this could be bigger problems. Because, or if you tested the combine positive, yep. which is something you never should like, do, how can, you know, yes. but you're putting the program automatically as a rookie. That is a huge red flag because it becomes that much harder to stay clean and you don't realize how stringent the rules are about your testing. I, I never like failed drug testing when I played and stuff like that. I didn't, uh, but I always hated the drug test, like just the actual like song and dance of the drug. Oh test. yeah. Like, Having to like sit there and down bottles of water so that you could try to go to the bathroom before like it affected the rest of your practice schedule. And then it morphed when I first came in the league to like, yo, take this cup, like go in the stall, fill it up, make sure you flush it, like right. wash your hands, screw the top, like, and he'd stand behind you in the stall, like just, yeah, I like, look, dude, I, I know my job is to like collect samples of pee and stuff like that, but I really don't want to watch you like fill the cup up. I just right. stand behind you. Do you know what I mean? Yes. To like the last time I did it, I was in Milwaukee and I had a guy 
I don't remember his name, but this dude made me stand in the middle of the bathroom, like not in a stall, in the middle of the bathroom, pull my pants down to my ankles, pull my shirt up and hold it with my teeth while he stood right there and watched me pee in the cup. Yep. I'm like, my man, this is like, I, I feel violated now. Like, this is ridiculous. You know who screwed it up for everybody? Oh. Ariel Smith. Do you really? remember him? No. Minnesota Vikings had the Wizenator and he got busted for it. Because guys were doing that. They would uh, go into the stall yeah. and they would have some other, somebody else's clean sample and they would go swap it out and they would go. And so now, and that's what, so let's get ankles. You're down to your ankles and your shirt is off or up there. So you, and it is embarrassing. It is Dude. awful. I had stage fright, so I didn't feel comfortable. <laughs> like I would sit there like eight bottles of gear yeah, and I still pounded. can't go. Right. And then as soon as you walk away, it's like, oh, I got to go. But I just can't go with a dude <laughs> staring right at my junk. You know, it's like you know, weird. They had to leave me at, at the Milwaukee because I couldn't go either. Right. Yeah. And I'm drinking bottles of water. The team is now waiting for me on the bus. Right. Because if I leave the shoot around, <laughs> Um, without performing, then I, that's a failed drug test. So now everybody's on the bus, and finally I have to say to the bus, like, you guys just leave me, all right? Go back so the guys can go about their day. And I had to sit in there for another 30 minutes, catch a cab home. Like, it was, I'm like, come on. Man. It happened all the time with me. Never once have I failed the drug test. Like, right. What are we doing? I, just, I was the same. It was, I had to go into the shower, run the water, and then I would turn away, and as soon as I started to go, I'd turn around and be like, look, I'm here, here I go. Me. Like, I'd have to show them that way. But guys hate it. Bottom line, I don't think he's being targeted. I think it's crazy. random. Seven out of eleven. I don't think is that bad. I don't think it's that egregious. You're crazy. If you do, Collusion. he should try to sue. He should try to. He's figure already out a way. suing him. That's why he's getting. <laughs> but he should try to figure out how he can bust them for doing. It. I don't think he can. I think they're. I, can, I think because he says, "How is that statistically even possible?" I think it is statistically possible. I mean, I would like to see the statistics on that. He yeah. needs to play the lot. Like he doesn't need lottery money, probably. <laughs> right. But like play it anyway. Who cares? Um. Yeah, but like, here's the deal. Eric Reed, who really cares, man? Just pee in the cup and exactly. keep it moving. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, oh, but we were... put him on blast. I like you putting him on blast, though. <laughs> yes. All right. Our picks yesterday. We were undefeated, baby. Both Boom. of us. One and oh. Yeah. Starting new now. San Diego State versus Ohio. Ohio is a two and a half point favorite in the Frisco Bowl. I'm taking SDSU. You are. You're taking San Diego State? Yeah. I'm rolling with the favorites. Ohio. Ooh. Yesterday. Frisco Bowl. DXL. Get some DXL gear. Thanks for listening to Canel and Bell. Download and subscribe to us anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the pod. And while you're at it, you might as well follow us on Twitter at Canel and Bell.